the world we live in, thank God for grace and mercy and God's got a plan, but this world as it is now was not God's original plan. God created a garden, placed a man and a woman in that garden with a plan for them to live forever, with he, him as their friend and their provider. Almost immediately, Adam and Eve gave into human lust. Lust, we always say lust like lust is sexual. Lust is a lot more than that. There's lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. You can lust for, for things. It sounds strange, you know, but I can lust for a homemade salmon roll, okay? I mean, like your, your body has fleshly lusts, all right? And with that, sin not only came into the world, it came into the place that was supposed to be their home. The Garden of Eden was their home. They not only let the devil into their home, but they actually sat around conversing with the devil inside their home. And today I just want to speak on this topic. I was kind of hoping it'd be a little more lighthearted after Thanksgiving, but this is what God told me to say. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Can we pray together? Jesus, Lord, I know that you've given me a word today. And already this weekend, I felt opposition in the spiritual realm to speak the things that you've called for me to speak in this pulpit today. So God, I know that the things that I'm getting ready to say, they're very much your will and your plan. But I also know, Lord God, that there's a opposition in the spiritual realm for truth to go forward in this pulpit today. And so, God, I pray, Lord, that I call on intercessory prayer warriors in this sanctuary today to begin to cover me in prayer, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, not for your word, because that doesn't need help, but I pray for me as a messenger, Lord God, that you would anoint me. And I pray for the hearts and minds of people sitting in this place or watching online, either live or archived, they're going to hear these things, Lord, that, that they would have open minds and open hearts, that they would be receptive, Lord, to things that may be countercultural, Lord Jesus. And God, I just pray that your presence and power would be here and it would accomplish that which it desires. In the name of Jesus, I ask these things right now in Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' name. When we are willing to negotiate with the devil, and to do so even in our own home, our children pick up on that. The goal of the devil has always been to destroy the family of God from the inside out. Show me a story where God's people were living strong for him, serving him in scripture, and they got destroyed by something from the outside. When they were living for God and serving him wholeheartedly, no one could touch them. God's people were always destroyed because they turned from his principles and they were destroyed from the inside out. It was not just what was in their heart, but it was also inside what was in their, their family or their home. Adam and Eve conversed with the serpent in their home. The Israelites brought the golden calf to worship right inside their camp. Achan brought the spoils of war that he was not supposed to touch, not only into the camp, but he buried them in his own tent right inside his home. And when Adam and Eve sinned, sin not only entered the world, but it also brought a destructive element to the family. And to this day, there is a war on for the family. Even the traditional family, there is a war, an absolute battle for the traditional family.
We used to, if you can think back, listen to politicians, would argue about homosexuality or gay marriage. When is the last time you heard these things? We don't hear them anymore because it's, oh, we've moved past that. Now, the conversation is about transgender and, and binary, and it's about choosing pronouns. It's about letting our children choose which, which, which gender they're going to be, gender fluid, absolute confusion. In Genesis 3, Adam and Eve welcome sin into the world and into their home. In Genesis 4, they have boys named Cain and Abel, and Cain ignores God's grace, and he kills his own brother, Eve was deceived by the serpent at the beginning of time. And now the theme that we find from here all the way through to today is a theme of deception, not just in the world, but in our home. Eventually, God gives Israel, his people, patriarchs or male heads of the family. Jacob, we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, Jacob deceives his father, and then he himself is deceived into marrying the wrong wife. Jacob's sons deceive Jacob when they sell his favorite son Joseph into slavery. And then another one of Jacob's sons named Judah is tricked himself by his daughter-in-law Tamar, who he tricks him into sleeping with her and getting her pregnant. He only thought he was going to visit a prostitute. So you can see they both were a little messed up there. We cannot allow one thing to be in our home, but then somehow that one thing does not impact the next generation. I know I just briefly ran through that, and your mind might, maybe you just kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, but you just go back to what I just ran through. In multiple generations, deception was handed down from one generation to the next in a specific bloodline. And to this day, God can break the curse of sin. But you will find that oftentimes, just like in Bible times, Old Testament, 22, 22, about to go into 2023, and you will find that a certain sin that enters into a home, into a family, you'll often find that plaguing the next generation to the next generation to the next generation. Because you cannot say, I'm going to receive this into my home, but somehow I hope the next generation keys into it and doesn't participate in it. Even years later, right? Are, uh, we, why, do, why do kids of patriarchs, how could they not serve God? That's, that's puzzling to me. If you're a patriarch, you're called by God, special blessings, authority in Old Testament. But men who worshiped God and built altars allowed sin into their homes. Even years later, David's daughter Tamar, yes, they both were named Tamar, different Tamar, but Tamar, is raped. She had a brother, Absalom, and a half-brother, Amnon. Amnon had an obsessive desire for his half-sister, Tamar. And one day, he pretended to be sick and called for her to come into his bedroom to help him. When she was alone in his bedroom, he raped her. Unfortunately, though David was angry, he did not punish Amnon or require him to marry Tamar. So Absalom took it upon himself to murder Amnon in revenge. Absalom's anger and bitterness toward his father because of these events eventually led to him to usurp his throne and to disgrace David by committing public immorality with David's concubines. Again, 
what is allowed into our home and into our families, it plagues the next generation. So that's a great responsibility for me because I'm not just fighting my own battles as a man, a father, a husband, a pastor, but I'm fighting battles that the next generation is going to fight if I don't win. And so for every parent that thinks this is just a service that we join and it's interesting and hopefully I have a good biblical principle of truth, I want to feel good today as I leave, I hope you do. But I also hope that we are challenged with the responsibility that if you don't win this battle, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids absolutely will be fighting it. Deception cannot remain in the house and not have it reap results in the future generations. It's crazy to sit here and discuss things that transpired literally thousands of years ago, and the enemy's approach is still the same. Scripture says there's no new thing under the sun. But when you look at today, Adam and Eve didn't have a cell phone. King David didn't have the internet. No, no, don't tell me that these battles are the same. We are, we're, we're, we're fighting totally different things than what they fought. Politely, I disagree wholehearted with, wholeheartedly with you. It's the exact same battle. It's just different medium, different things, different technology. It just, it's just wrapped in a different package. And so the enemy still uses deception. And as we move into the New Testament, Jesus' followers gather around him with specific questions. In Matthew 24, he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately. So they're alone with him, and they said, what, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Jesus said, the very first thing out of his mouth, very first thing, how do we know when the world's going to end? What's going to be the sign of your coming? He starts saying, take head that no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name saying I'm Christ. They're going to deceive many. Look at the first words out of his mouth in verse 4. And in verse 5, he says, you better make sure that you guard yourself against deception. And then he says, because a lot of people are going to be saying a lot of things. Oh, I'm of Christ. I speak the truth. You better make sure that you're not deceived because that's going to be the goal of the enemy in the end times. The number one artillery of our enemy is deception. Deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. I would never do that. That's what we say. I would never do that. But that's what deception is. We think, well, no, that's got to be true because they said it was. And that respected person said, and many people are saying this. And the majority is saying this. So they wouldn't lie. It's got to be true. Not even proper English, but that's what we say, right? Deception says a man can marry a man or a woman can marry a woman. A child can make a choice to choose a different gender. But you see, sexual sin and confusion is becoming more and more rampant. 
not just homosexuality. I don't want people to think, like, why are you bashing one sin? Did he just call homosexuality sin? I did not. The Bible did. And so I also stand here against any time. I stand against the people that say it's, un- it's okay to be unfaithful, even if heterosexual s- sin. Yeah, you know, as long as, you know, you're, you remain faithful, it's, it was just a one-time deal. That's sin. It's sin. Your friends in society might say pornography doesn't hurt anyone. I mean, thank God you, you look at a computer rather than actually do the act. That's, that's all right. My guess is in high school right now, people probably will try to show you that. They'll have it on their digital devices. I'm not naive. What's the big deal, man? It's just, it's just images. You're not hurting nobody. It's sin. It's sin. And now I'm hearing about videos, and I'll be careful how I say this. I'm actually hearing about videos between mother and children. It never stops. It never, ever stops. The enemy's using images and entertainment to introduce us to things that our children would not think of themselves. Eve walks up, it's pleasant, it's good to the eye. The conversation with deception started by something that looked good to the eye. And 2022 rolls around, your deception will start by something that looks good to your eye. And things are going to look good to your eye because of the sin nature that you were born into that you would not be proud of talking about publicly. But because of this sin nature we have, there are things that will look good to your eye that your spirit has to say, absolutely not. But when Eve says, well, he said this and the conversation starts. Once the conversation starts with the enemy, it's just a matter of time before you fall because there are certain things that cannot be up for discussion. But when we're willing to start discussing some of these things, it's just a matter of time that now I've left the door open to say, I don't believe that. We don't, we don't do that. I'm not going to do that. In Jesus' name, I'm not going to do that. But if I've already opened the door for a discussion to take place, You see, deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is invalid or false. Politicians can vote to end life in the womb, and that's okay. We need to go to job training about using someone's proper pronoun. Disney and other children's movies can aim to indoctrinate children through books and movies at a young age with two moms and two dads. My daughter just showed me some new one that's out that it's about trying to go on a road trip with the three dads and find the birth mother. This is what is the entertainment in our houses, in, about, in, our, in homes in America right now. Again, as I stand here and as I say these things, not necessarily from you, because I think I'm in front of a pretty safe audience in these topics, but I feel just an opposition, just a, 
just a, you can't say these things. You can't verbalize these things. This is not society. You know what? And that's hate speech. If you preach against any type of sin, oh, I'll tell you what, I don't care. I, don't, I literally do not care what kind of sin someone's involved in. They are welcome in this church. I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm coming against this sin, but not that sin. So don't come up to me and say, why do you preach against that? And that? It, it's all, anything that's sin is contrary to God and his plan. So I want to stay away from any type of sin. And, and, but we're all sinful people. So we're going, I need the grace of God. I need the Holy Spirit to fill me so I can live in, as an overcomer each and every day of my life. But when you preach topics when you talk about it you if, if you've never spoken you actually as a preacher as a speaker as someone who's God's laid a message on his heart you can actually feel like a a resistance you can actually feel like a weight that says you you can't say that anymore I know in Australia if you if you preach against homosexuality you can, you can go to jail okay so so here's the thing I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I, I typically make it a point to, to spend more time when I'm preaching for than what I'm against. But every once in a while, it's still important to have a clear, strong voice in the pulpit that says, society is saying this, and it's not right. It's not correct. And so I certainly don't want to go to jail but I won't stop preaching the parts of God's word that someone tells me to because they want to censor my language if I'm going to preach what God tells me to say. Good thing I read a story about somebody going to jail and God intervening. So I just need to remember if I do go, I need to worship and look for the angel. But you see... These are not just, this is not just a a certain movement gaining traction. That's not what I'm saying. These are signs of the end times. Luke 17, it says, and as it was in the days of Noah, Noah, that's what that means there, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Wait, I thought it was totally different times. No, no. Things are going to look a lot different. But ultimately, the same battle that happened with Adam and Eve happened with Noah and it's going to be what you're seeing here in the last days and even the times of Christ. They're going to eat and drink and marry wives. They were given in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. For them, it was business as usual. You just were partying, we're having fun, we're eating and drinking. And then God just, and then he destroyed them all with the flood. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot. They ate and drank, bought and sold, planted and building. But that same day, Lot, Lord, uh, Lot went out into Sodom, rained fire and brimstone. It destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And so while they were there, you see, God punished the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He sent angels to get Lot and his family out. While they were there, the men of the city surrounded the house and wanted to rape God's angels and have homosexual intercourse with them. 
Genesis 19, verse 1, it says, That evening the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there. When he saw me, he stood up to meet them, and he welcomed them, bowed his face to the ground. My lords, he said, come in my home to wash your feet. Be my guests for the night. You may then get up early in the morning and be on your way. Oh, no, they replied, we'll just spend the night out here in the city square. Lot insisted. So at last they went home with him. Lot prepared a feast for them, complete with fresh bread, made without yeast, and they ate. But before they retired for the night, the men of Sodom, young and old, it's a generational thing that's handed down. All over the city, they surrounded the house, and Scripture says they shouted to Lot, where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out so we can have sex with them. I'm not speaking against one sin today. I'm speaking about, against deception. And it's still plaguing our world right now. Deception tries to make what is wrong actually seem right. And what is right actually seem wrong. I'm going to repeat that. Deception is trying to make what is right actually seem wrong. I'm preaching biblical truths here that 20 years ago nobody thought anything of, even non-Christian people, that now even people sitting, God forbid, some of the people sitting here maybe going, I can't believe you say that. I disagree with that. Well, then you disagree with Scripture. Deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. Remember this, as his followers asked about when the world would end, he says the very first thing is he says, do not be deceived. It never shocked me, it really didn't, that the general population of Sodom and Gomorrah practiced and believed in things like homosexuality. That, that did not shock me at all. But what, di what did and does shock me is that Lot's family apparently got used to it. And I'm concerned that in 2022, I'm not saying, go, go call people out, go call out sin. Blah, blah. You be kind. The Bible, first and foremost, love, kindness, absolutely the fruit of the Spirit. Love everybody. God can change any life, any sin, anything at all. It's not your job to just go call out sin. But in your heart of hearts, you've got to know what is truth and what is not truth. Because for them, I don't want to get in 2022 where it's just everywhere. It's, it's, this is part of culture. This is who we are. There's nothing wrong with any of this. It's just we've, we've, we've developed to this part of our life. Be careful. I pray that we never are 100% comfortable living on planet Earth. I pray that there's something always inside of us that is going, although this is my temporary home and I love the people I love and I'm going to work for the kingdom, but there should always be something in us that says, I'm not comfortable with this present home and I long for a place where I will be with my Savior forever and ever and ever and ever.
So I'm not shocked at what I read there, but I, I am shocked that Lot's family apparently got used to it. Even in this day and age, I'm not shocked that sexual sin is rampant in society. I'm not shocked by that. But I am shocked when I see children raised in apostolic Pentecostal homes using their social media platforms to argue four principles that completely contradict God and his word. Somewhere along the line, these young people were deceived. They did not heed God's warning to guard themselves against deception. How did Eve become deceived? I would argue that Adam had a massive role in that. We can make jokes all we want. Man, if the woman wouldn't have ate, my goodness, everything will be all right. But Genesis 2, 15 says, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to watch over it, to tend and watch over it. Men, you've been given a mandate from God to work and to be a protector. And speaking of entertainment, for decades, men have been dumbed down. The wife disrespects the father, the husband, the kids disrespect. He's just the big dumb animal that brings home money, and now she brings home money, and we all just, he's just a guy in the house that he's there for comedy. And we laugh, not realizing What's transpiring? What's transpiring is decades of weakening the male role in the home. He says, but the Lord God warned him, you can freely eat of every tree in the garden except one. Tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat that fruit, you're going to die. You're sure to die. Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone. So woman's not here yet from what I can tell. Not good for man. I'm going to make a helper that's just right for you. God gave the command to Adam. It appears Eve's not even there. It was Adam's right to protect his home. It was Adam's calling to protect his home. First Timothy 2.13, for God made Adam first, and afterward he made Eve. And it was not Adam who was there. Oh, wow, they're nice and clear. It was not Adam who was deceived by Eve. The woman was deceived and sin was the result. And so people want to grab that and say, see, it is the woman's fault. But she was deceived. My argument would be, he was not. That does not mean a pro-male thing. That means as a man, he was the one given the direct mandate from God and conscientiously made a choice to eat of that fruit that day. She was deceived. He made a choice. Deception entered the home because the protector of the home was not doing his job. And I believe that there is a spiritual authority in the home, scripturally. If you're here, you're not married, hey, when there, there's, there's, there, there's a parent. If you're a single woman raising kids, hey, that you are the protector of the home. If you are a man and you're living at home as a married man with family, God has called you to be a protector of the home. Again, another message that's countercultural. 
if the protector of the home would be more aware of the deception of this world that's trying to make its way in, family units would be stronger. This is why spirit-filled believers can raise children, bring them to church, send them to Sunday school, get them involved in ministry, and lose them to the deception of the world. Conversations were allowed to take place in the walls of the home. Entertainment was brought in with messages contrary to what they heard in the pulpit. And what is wrong and sinful was acted out in front of them as right and accepted, and the family sat around laughing instead of condemning what was taking place. Not for one minute do I think that Adam thought through the depth of the repercussions of his wife being deceived. I don't think Adam was sitting there going, yeah, you know, this is, this is going to cause a natural death. This is probably going to cause spiritual death. We're, we, we're going to get kicked out of the garden. We're going to lose that face-to-face communication with God, our ability to walk and talk with him. Sin is going to plague humanity so bad that we're going to need a savior, and our own sons are going to have be the first murderers. I don't think that that all went through his head. Probably looked a little more like it's one piece of fruit. Is one bite from one piece of fruit is really not a big deal. Y'all just need to chill. God will understand. We just talked this morning. Everything will be fine. After all, to be honest, I really want it. And today parents say, it's only one service. We can miss it. Come on, you seriously think one movie is going to send us to hell? Okay. I know there's things we don't agree with on this show, but it's our favorite show. We tell our kids we don't believe at all. I know practice for this sport or activity is going to keep them from church, but I really want them to have fun. It's important to me that they're connected at school. Don't be deceived. I don't think Adam had the foresight to think about the depth of the consequences of not protecting his home from the deception of the serpent. What if Adam walks up and says, Eve, what are you doing? Get that serpent out of here. Get out of my house. You are not welcome here. Don't you ever come to my doorstep again. God gave us a word, and we are going to stand by that word. I don't care what else is going on. You are not welcome in my home. Get out. But sometimes having that conversation requires us to even not, it's not just battling against a spiritual enemy. It's against the in-laws, the parents, the siblings, the school, the friends, sometimes your own spouse that might disagree with your approach. But there are certain battles that cannot be up for discussion. I don't think he figured the disobedience and disregard for God's words would have this much of an impact. How was Eve deceived? Adam was the protector of the home. He didn't do his job. Eve allowed things to stay in the home that never should have been allowed to stay. 
And both of them disregarded God's word for what's made sense to them in their present society and situation. How will our kids, how will our kids avoid deception? We as parents must do our jobs to protect our homes from messages and images that would deceive. Get rid of things that have been allowed to stay too long. It's always easier to just keep weight off than rather trying to lose it. And in society, it's a lot easier to say, these are the lines. And the good news is your kids will never push against the lines you draw. <laughs> Just making sure y'all are still listening. <laughs> Part of a kid's existence is to find out where the line is. We think that kids hate us, but kids thrive when there's some form of structure for their lives. When there's no line and the kids run the house, it, 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 they're, they're miserable. They look for where the line is. And so when they push and you're strong, they get the message that says, okay, that's where the line is. And it provides an element of structure in their lives. But if you don't even know where your line is, Anytime the kids push, just give them everything they want. Well, honey, they just watched 11 and a half hours of, of YouTube. But they want 12, so just go ahead and give it to them. Like, we can't do that. There has to be where we go, where's the line? Let's have a conversation about where the line is. But then don't have a conversation when you're tired and have worked 13 hours and you're trying to get in bed and you're just like, that's it. We're never doing this again. Because you know you're going to do it again tomorrow probably. And so then the kids just lose respect for us anyway. So we have to go, go to your room. You know, sometimes I pretend I have to go to the bathroom, okay? <laughs> just got to catch yourself for a moment. Whew, okay. Help me, Jesus, okay? Because the kids will push against that line. But we have to be willing to say, okay, where's our line going to be, honey? Where, where are we going to draw this? What are we going to stick to? What is the plan moving forward to where, where she and I have to get on a united front and go, now we're going to present this to the armed warriors? <laughs> because every kid at some point is going to push to find out where's the line? Where's the line? Where is it? Is it here? What about here? Because last time I pushed, you moved. So I'm going to try it again. Where's the line? And so for us, we got to go, all right. Maybe it's time for me to get rid of something. But that's harder than drawing the line even. You think it's hard to draw a line? It's even harder to remove the things that were allowed in. And that will be a battle unlike anything else you've taken on. But it's a battle you have got to win. It's a battle I have got to win. If there's something in the home that you say, my goodness, how did this get here? It doesn't even matter anymore. Get out of my house. Guys, 
feel free to look at your kids and say, Mom and Dad, we messed up. We made a mistake, and I am apologizing to you. This no longer is welcome in this home. Why? Because I'm not going to expose your eyes and your mind to images that someone else deemed as important for today's society to get their agenda across so that you're raised in a home where the things that are sinful are normal and you are raised in deception. Because now I can say that exists. I know. Yep, that billboard. Yep, that piercing. Yep, that we saw that person at that park. Yep, absolutely. Let's have a conversation. We love everybody. And we pray that Jesus can change any life just like he changed ours and our family's lives. Well, we don't stand for that. They might say that that's what they stand for at school and in the movies and on the media and on the news clips. But this is not what we stand for. So. Do our jobs protect our homes? Get rid of things that have been allowed to stay too long? And lastly, make sure that the principles of God's word are prioritized over the messages of school, friends, family, and society. God's word trumps all else. What was going on in Lot's society was normal to him and his family. Someone trying to break down his door and rape his house guests was apparently normal. Lot comes out and tries to have a calm conversation with deception. Have you ever read that story and go, what in the world is going on here? Hey, guys, guys, hey, 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 come on, guys, please. If we could just hear me out. You know, we want to have this conversation. If you need to, take my daughters instead. I read that and go, my Lord God, how did he fall that far? Abraham's nephew who traveled with him saw the blessing of God. How in the world do you, you have got to be seriously deceived to fall for that. But I think there's some forefathers in our apostolic movement that would look at some of the things we watch and some of the things that our kids are posting going, what in the world is going on? cannot be deceived. Lot converses with deception much the way Eve tries to have a logical conversation with the serpent in the garden. Well, you know, God didn't, yeah, he, here's what he said. Did he really say that? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, why are we having this conversation in the first place? What's in your life right now? That is something you kind of don't want to do and don't plan on doing it, but, but the door's still open. I could not help the crime and the sin that knocked on his door. But he did go wrong when he decided to stay there when wickedness was rampant. We cannot stop evil from happening in our world. But we better make sure that we don't invite it into our home or try to have a logical conversation with the devil about why, the way you, why, why you live the way you live. Don't be deceived. Galatians 6, and I'm just about done, verse 7 says, be not deceived. There it is again. Old Testament warns of deception. New Testament 
warns of deception. Preacher standing in 2022, warning of deception. Why? Because the enemy wants to deceive you. He says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit of Shall, shall of the spirit reap everlasting. When a farmer plants corn, because you know I had similar interest to a farmer in my college test. And I do have a pair of cowboy boots. When a farmer plants corn in the ground, he doesn't get green beans. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a smart farmer. If we're sowing Hollywood entertainment and allowing sinful principles into our children, don't expect them to reap spiritual things. When the serpent deceived Eve, the first thing he said to her is, you will surely not die. Meaning, you can reap after the flesh but somehow still be connected to God. I don't think Eve was making a decision. I'm leaving it all behind. I'm walking away from God. I want nothing to do with this anymore. It was, well, wait. Can I still have both? Can I sow in the flesh and reap in the spirit? Can I be a part of this world and enjoy all this world has to offer and occasionally still talk to God and be spiritual? And somewhere along the line, the church of the living God in the 21st century has bought into this lie that I don't have to live consecrated, separated, sanctified unto God. That I can go to a place and sing songs about him, hear messages about him, say in Jesus' name at an altar, walk out and live how I want to live Monday through Friday. And I can still be spiritual. This is deception. We cannot follow and feed the flesh, fit in with society's principles and somehow still go deeper with God. Messages like this in this audience, I, I hate to say oh, generalize everybody, but typically what happens is you get one of three things. Somebody says, I think I'm doing all right. They won't even really take heed and they keep going like they're going. Somebody else says, how dare he talk about that? You know what? I'm looking right here and I think he's wrong and I don't even agree with this. And you know, I think he twisted this and I don't even think, I, I disagree with that. That's not the way society, and you can fight me and say, well, you're wrong, you're wrong. That's fine. And I probably can't do anything at this point. You're probably going the other direction. And I say that with love. I don't know how else to say it. Or there's a person that says, God are you speaking to me from my family? Are you reaching to me right now? Are you like Lot trying to get me out of the sinful land? And I just need to be attentive to your voice right now and say, what in the world are we doing? Have we gotten too consumed with the things of the temporary? Have we lost view of eternity? God, forgive me and help me to make the changes that are necessary. We 
can't raise kids that don't even know what they believe. Because they're being told what they believe in, in the classroom every day. You see, the devil's story's already been written, and it's one that's it's already predetermined. He loses. Look how Satan's identified in John's account in the book of Revelation, Revelation 12, 9, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent, oh, that's a reference back, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. The devil's story starts in the book of Genesis as a deceiver. The book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, calls him a deceiver. You better believe that in 2022, he's still doing the same thing. Deceiving. He's aiming to deceive the church. Because he knows, I can deceive the world. But if I deceive the church, then no one's there to clarify what truth is. Don't be deceived. And as I close, remember this. The devil knows God's word. Just remember, that the devil knows God's word. To truly be good at deceiving, you always have to have a little bit of truth. I see people that I loved and cared about for years leaving the church that I grew up in, going to churches that preach a little bit of truth. And it breaks my heart. But God forbid if you stand and say anything because, well, no, we still do this. You got to preach a little bit of truth to be deceiving. Otherwise, it's not believable. When the devil came to Eve, he quoted some of the things that God actually said. He used some of the verbiage God actually spoke. His goal was to twist God's words just enough to get her to second guess whether there's really a consequence. Yeah, he did, he did, he, yeah, that's pretty much what he said. Man, now you got me second guessing. People might come to you, why do you do it? Do you think that's really necessary? I have, look at what this scripture said, and you might go, uh, uh, um, don't be afraid of hard questions. But know what you believe. Because the devil, enemy's goal, I'm going to give you a little truth with a little lie. And if I can just get you to just take a moment to second guess, I'm going to be in your house. If I can just get you to second guess. Would you stand to your feet? Jesus warned us over and over again to guard ourselves against deception. Now, the two best ways to do that are to protect your home. Guard what you let in. Guard the messages that you allow in. Number two, know God's word. Know it well. So that when the enemy tries to twist and to turn and you go, uh, hang on a second, 
what do I really believe? And somebody at school says, you think this and you, th-. you got to be able to go, hang on. I got a catalog up here that I can go to. I'm going to give you the word of God. This is what the Bible says. Yeah, but that's not what we heard here. That's not what's acceptable. That's not what they say over here. That's not what, it does not matter with all due respect to all of those people. I live first and foremost for God and his word. But how can we live for a word that we do not know what it says? We've got to know the word. Church, don't be deceived. The goal of the enemy has, is, and always will be until the end of time. He is the great deceiver of the earth. Right now, society, and it's not getting better, it's going to get worse, is going to continue to push. An agenda is going to try to say, this is right, this is not a big deal, this is, oh, I think you're crazy for standing, no, you better just stand for truth. Stand for truth. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to waver. I'm not, I'm not here to just blast people and talk down. I'm going to love every person. I'm going I'm to show the love of, of Calvary to everybody that I meet, but I'm not going to bend in what I believe. I know I will not be deceived. The, 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 the end times are here. He said, watch out. Don't be deceived. This is where we are living right now. I ask you right now to begin to find a place to pray. If you need to, just put your hand right on your temples and say, God, guard my mind. God, protect me, Jesus. There is a war on right now for what is true and what is not. And I don't want to, I, I don't want to waver. I want to know what I believe. I want to stand for what I believe. It might not be popular. It might be countercultural. Everybody else might say I'm crazy, but God, I, I am not going to get so comfortable in Sodom and Gomorrah that I no longer stand for what I believe in. God, I know I'm called to protect my family. I'm not going to have any logical conversations with the devil. No, 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 no. God's word is, he's already spoken. I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to be a stronger husband, a stronger father, a stronger child of the King. Jesus, speak to us today, God. In the midst of deception, we don't need to be afraid. We just need to stay in your word. We just need to know that there's repercussions to decisions that I'm not willing to make. I want to keep walking with you. I want to keep talking with you. I'm not willing to be separated from the garden. I'm not willing to be separated, God, from your kingdom, Jesus. You got too many plans for me, God. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face, God.